Entering the ring now from Albuquerque, New Mexico, with his manager, pretty boy Bobby Heenan, ladies and gentlemen, Black Jack Lonzo. Welcome to Wrestling Nostalgia. I am your host, Dave Dynasty. Thank you for joining us. This is a special episode where we are going to remember Black Jack Lanza. Uh, Lanza died on December 8th, and uh, he was a mainstay in Midwest professional wrestling for a long, long time in the WWA and the AWA. Of course, he had some success in the WWF as well, where him and Mulligan were tag team champions. Um, But for the sake of this show, we always remember him mostly... Uh, from his time in Indianapolis and Minneapolis. Uh, great, great stuff, right? Managed by Bobby Heenan in the area. Uh, you know, it was a little before my time to see the prime of the Blackjacks. But I do remember, you know, seeing him. Uh, and uh, Bruiser always on his TV. There was always these throwback matches, right, on, on TV. Even up into the 80s, right? He would, anything from the, the archives, anything from the library was for a fair game he would put on the show. And there were there were often times where the blackjacks were, were on there, especially you know the six man match with uh, the the blackjacks and Heenan against uh, Bruiser Crusher and and Little Bruiser. Uh, that's a match we we saw that was always a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then I remember, you know, being up into the eighties and stuff, and, and and starting to become a quote unquote smart fan and, and understanding a little bit of the business. I, I knew that Lanza did a lot of backstage work uh, with the WWF, uh, you know, later the WWE. Uh, and then I remember, I, I I might be one of the few people who were very big fans of the the concept of the new Blackjacks that came around in the '90s. Uh, Barry Windham and JBL, uh, you know, Blackjack Bradshaw and Blackjack Windham. Uh, I I loved that concept, and remember very very vividly the vignette they did with Lanza at the campfire introducing the new Blackjacks. You want to know about the Blackjacks? Oh, it's time. The most dominating team that ever stepped into the ring. The Black Glove. Anyone gets in their way. The Black Claw. They're not going to like it. Winning at all costs. That's all that matters. Blackjacks. We'll ride again hard and fast. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> uh, but see, I remember it so much. I, again, I was a huge fan of the new the new Blackjacks. I I always hoped they would do more with them, but alas, it, it was not to be. And most people do not do not like the new Blackjacks. But me, I guess it's that that stickler of me always being a you know a fan of the history, a fan of the tradition of wrestling. I always thought it was a cool concept. I always like that idea of continuing that on. But Lanza, I mean, Lanza was, was the blackjack, right? He was, he was the guy he was, you know, was cowboy Jack Lanza. 
uh, eventually turned heel, became Black Jack Lanza, turned with the, from the white cowboy hat to the black cowboy hat. Very, very uh, great imagery, right? I mean, how how cool is that when you you know from the white to the black, the, the pure, uh, you know, good to bad, uh, and everything else. Um, and then you know when Mulligan started doing it, it was you know Lanza Lanza did it first, right? And then they they became a tag team, had a lot of success. Uh, WWA tag team champions, WWF tag team champions. Um, they were a great, great tag team. Maybe the greatest tag team of the seventies, I, I, I dare say. Uh, and uh, again, you know, I know they they had Albano in their corner when they were in New York, but to me, I, I always, you know, Pretty Boy Bobby Heenan was always, always the manager uh, of the Black Jacks. Pretty Boy Bobby Heenan once again. You have, or your team has proved, they break every rule. They're a brutal team. Uh, they had the man beat. They could have released the hold. They both put the hold on. Are you Is up, this the way you train them? Are you up on sayings, like the great sayings presidents made and world leaders? Well, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. It's a little too tough for these sissies in there. But here's the ropes. They can step out. They can leave. They don't have to face us. These men are geared to wrestle the best. Now, these are the toughest competition in the Midwest, East, all over. It's right here on this TV. So we enjoy working up a sweat on these poor souls. You know, Mr. Mushnick, I want to tell you something. When you're in superb physical condition as we are, there is no mountain too big to climb. We hardly woke up a sweat, worked up a sweat here, and this is an indication to anyone who tries to get in the ring with us. We welcome anyone in the world today. All they have to do, if they got the guts, is to crawl in that ring. And we don't care who they are, Bruiser, Snyder, anybody, we don't care who they are. Listen, Miniker, as it's stated by my partner, at any given time, on his given signal, we can finish any given man, and that's including you. Dumb, dumb bruiser. Thinks he's so smart with the tactics he uses on the matches he tries to get with us. But he's not too sharp because any time that he wants to wrestle us, we're available. Don't forget it. You know, it's getting quite sickening to beat these fellas like we have. Absolutely no competition. Ladies and gentlemen. bring somebody in from Europe to give us some competition. You just heard from Blackjack Lanza, Blackjack Mulligan, and Pretty Boy Bobby Heenan. And one thing I'd like to add. And it has been your pleasure. Yeah, but again, you know, with under Bobby Heenan, you know, Lanza held the WWA singles title, held the tag team titles with Mulligan. Uh, very, very iconic feuds with Brush, uh, Dick the Bruiser and with the Crusher. Uh, just great, great, great stuff. And they did eventually go to New York, right? I mean, you know, the money was there. And they went up there and, and were a big, big draw. Managed by Captain Lou Albano. They, they won the tag team titles. They were... They were everything that, you know, they fit in in New York, right? They were big. They were tough looking. They had a, had a quote unquote gimmick, a look, a, a you know, that unison of a tag team. Uh, you know, they were your badass heel cowboys, uh, these big bad guys, you know, they would you know, tell you that they, you know, they fight you in the ring. They'll fight you in the mud. They'll fight you behind the bar. It didn't matter, you know, what they're going to do, but they were going to fight you. And, um, you know, and uh, you know, there's always things to be said, you know, Captain Lou by default got a lot of these teams. Uh, it kind of became his thing, and you know whether they needed him or not, ah, who knows? But it was a, it was kind of a cool pairing, uh, you know. I, I always loved Albano and enjoyed Albano, 
And uh, they had a lot of success in New York where they were tag team champions. We're done, ladies and gentlemen. The Blackjacks, Mulligan, and Lanza. Captain said he'd do it, McMahon. There they are. They won't leave these weights. They won't leave them. You know something? It takes a long, hard road to become a champion of the world. You just witnessed exactly what good, clean sportsmanship, hard work, intelligence, diligence, and the captain's orders. You just saw the making of the greatest tag team combination in history of professional Baby, wrestling. I told you it would be done. I told you this was going to be. Here it is, the captain's crew. I did it, Daddy, in front of everybody. Millions of fans watch it. They all witnessed the captain and the crew. Baby, they are your world champions. Mr. Albano, you can bet that this decision will be protested vehemently by... Protest it anywhere you want to. We can't be beaten by anybody. Put them together. Put it together, Daddy. We did it. We did it all, brother. What would you like to ask? What would you like to say? What well, we saw even in slow motion, ladies and gentlemen. We saw what happened here as Blackjack Lanza came off that top rope, Lou Albano. Yes, he sir. came off the top rope when the referee's back was turned. Came right across Irish Pat Barrett, the knee going right down into the back. Now, all Mulligan did was simply roll Pat Barrett over after this the This was merely an optical illusion. In no way did what anyone interfere in this match whatsoever. My man nearly turned him over, beat him for a count of three. Daddy, that was it. That's where it's at. You have your new champions. The Blackjacks with the captain in the corner. Are you proud of yourself, Mr. Albano? Are you indeed myself. proud? I am proud of the champions. I am proud of everyone that stood by my side. And I got millions of fans. Daddy, here is where it's at. You think the popularity of the Blackjacks has increased this week by winning the championship, obviously? Well, I don't care about popularity, but I will tell you the money has gone up a great sum. Louis Albano, ladies and gentlemen, to my right, the captain. Oh, the captain. Say captain, baby. Captain of the newly crowned I'm Worldwide Wrestling life. Federation Tag I Team Champions. And again, you can bet that this decision will be protested by Pat Barrett hey, and by Dominic DiNucci. Perhaps for a return match, Mr. Albano? I don't know about a return match at this time. I'm not able to say. I'll have to think it over, baby, but that's where it's at. So there you have it from Louis Albano. Albano now the captain of the Tag Team Champions of the World. And then, like I said, Lanza had his second career backstage with WWE, doing some producing, doing some, uh, you know, some road agent stuff. Uh, you know, was one of the kind of the right hand men of uh, Vince McMahon for for many many years. Uh, you know, a great great career. Uh, I I really think uh, he it's underappreciated what he did in wrestling, what he meant to wrestling, and like so many guys, they don't get their they don't really get their just due. Uh, while they're alive, you know, they have to pass away to get appreciated. And, that, and that's kind of a shame. Let's so, you know, let's try to appreciate these guys and what they've accomplished and what they've achieved and what they've done for professional wrestling while they're still alive. Uh, you know, Lanza, you know, was one of those guys that I always wanted to interview for the show, right? I was always hoping I could reach out and make contact and, and interview him. And it never, never came to pass. Uh, you know, he, he kind of didn't do those things, right? He, he was kind of done with wrestling and, and that was that. So, well, you know, it, that's that's let's let's go now. I've got John Lawson who who did a bit for us here on the show. Uh, John, of course, very very entrenched in WWA and Midwest wrestling uh, back in the seventies and eighties, and and such an expert, right? He was there firsthand experience and knowledge of these topics, and I love when he does these pieces for the show so that you can get his firsthand account of the history. So let's uh let's go over to John Lawson now, who will talk about the career of Blackjack Lanza. On December 8, 2021, Blackjack Lanza passed away at the age of 86. 
Lance's ending wrestling career spanned from the early 1960s through the mid-1980s and continued on many years after that in behind-the-scenes roles with the AWA and later with the WWF. And because Lanza's career really took off when he joined the Indianapolis-based World Wrestling Association, I want to share some details and my memories of one of the great villains in pro wrestling and someone that I fondly remember from my childhood. Lanza is one of the first wrestlers that I can remember meeting at a young age when my father, working in capacity of the Indiana State Athletic Commission, would frequently take me backstage into the dressing room area to meet the wrestlers. I was probably all of maybe four or five years old, but I remember Lanza being very nice to me, and he took the time to shake my hand and briefly talk to me. At the time, I didn't realize that my dad was cementing my lifelong love of pro wrestling by taking me with him and making sure that I got to meet so many of the workers that time period, which uh, led to me becoming a photographer and a writer for several magazines, as well as resulted in me producing my own newsletters in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Jack Lanza was trained by Bernie Gagne in the early 1960s and began working in that territory. By the mid-60s, he arrived in the WWA as a clean-cut babyface, going by Cowboy Jack Lanza, wearing a white cowboy hat. Within a short period of time, he was working matches in the top half of the card and worked his way up to being a challenger to Mitsu Arakawa when he was the WWA singles champion. Lanza also formed a tag team with Wilbur Snyder, and eventually they challenged the WWA champions, who were the Devil's Duo, Angelo Poffo and Chris Markoff, managed by Bobby Heenan for the belts. And in a tag team title match in June of 1967, Lanza turned on Snyder after they lost the match, and the transformation from Cowboy Jack to Black Jack Lanza emerged. And with it, he began being managed by pretty boy Bobby Heenan, an alliance that lasted for many, many years. The combo of Lanza and Heenan was golden, allowing Lanza to become the number one single star in the WWA and also saw them headline in Chicago, throughout the AWA, and even St. Louis, the one city territory that did not feature managers because promoter Sam Muchnick felt that they were not needed and it reduced the authenticity of the product. But at the urging of Dick the Bruiser, Muchnick made an exception for Lanza and Heenan, and Lanza would continue to work St. Louis throughout the balance of his career. In December of 1967, Lanza defeated Wilbur Snyder for the WWA title in Indianapolis. And as most of you know, Snyder and Bruiser co-owned the WWA, but this was the only WWA world title reign for Snyder. But he did dominate the tag team title, holding it with many different partners. Lanza's title reign of 21 months turned out to be the longest in the history of the promotion, as he held the belt from late December 1967 until late August 1969, when he dropped the title to Bruiser in a cage match. Lanza had many matches with Snyder and feuded with Bruiser during those two years as well. He had successful title defenses against the likes of Pat O'Connor, a former NWA world champion, Yukon Moose Cholak, Cowboy Bill Watts, Ed Carpentier, Louis Martinez, and a future WWA World Heavyweight Champion himself, Cowboy Bob Ellis. While holding the WWA Championship, 
Lanza became a challenger to Vern Gagne's AWA world title in August of 1968 in Chicago, although the WWA title was not part of that equation. By 1970, Lanza was working fewer dates in the WWA as he began wrestling more frequently in the AWA. And around that same time, Big Bob Wyndham was working preliminary matches in the AWA, and then he went to work in New York for Vince McMahon Sr. for the WWF. McMahon changed Wyndham's name from Wyndham to Black Jack Mulligan, where he began wearing black tights, a black vest, and a black cowboy hat, just like Black Jack Lanza. In the summer of 1971, after leaving the WWF, Mulligan headed to Indianapolis as Black Jack Mulligan and soon began teaming with Black Jack Lanza with manager Bobby Heenan. The Black Jacks became a legendary tag team. In late 1971, the Black Jacks won the tag team championship in the WWA when they defeated Wilbur Snyder and Golden Boy Paul Christie. At this time, the WWA had invaded Detroit in a promotional war against the Sheik. The tag title change first took place in Detroit and then was repeated in Indianapolis just a couple of weeks later. The Blackjacks remained a tag team for several years, and they won championships in other territories, including a run as the WWWF Tag Team Champions. In other territories, they would use the Iron Claw as their finisher, but that was not their move in the WWA, since that was the signature move of fellow member of the Bobby Heenan stable, Baron Von Raschke. The Blackjacks held the WWA Tag Team title from late 1971 until December 1972, when they lost the Tag Team title to Bruiser and Crusher in a cage match, first in Detroit and then a week later in Indianapolis when the match was repeated. Lanza's title reign with Mulligan was also the longest that any tag team held the championship in a single reign. This week, a lot has been written as if Lanza was the lesser member of the Blackjacks Tag Team. To me, they were more or less equals. In the WWA, Lanza was actually the lead member of the tag team, as he was the smoother wrestler with dirty heel tactics, while Mulligan was the powerhouse of the tag team. Mulligan went on to main event as a solo act in a number of NWA territories, and he even ran his own promotion, which is probably why Mulligan sometimes gets more credit as being the better half of the tag team. But I have to call them equals, or give the slight edge to Lanza during that time. When it came to, the, to being the man to be pinned or to earn the pin in a tag match, it was pretty well evenly split, but with Lanza firmly established as the top heel for a longer period of time. I'd have to say that, that in the WWA, it was Lanza that was the main member of the tag team. Lanza Mulligan continued to work for the WWA for another six months after they dropped the tag title, although they were also taking dates outside of the territory. Lanza's final match in the WWA came in May of 1973 when he challenged and lost to Cowboy Bob Ellis for the WWA world title in a Loser Leaves Town match. Now in wrestling, stipulations like this were rarely adhered to, but Lanza never wrestled for the WWA proper, meaning if you do not count the jointly owned city of Chicago as a WWA-AWA combination, uh, he never appeared in the WWA ever again. Lanza did wrestle in Indianapolis in 1985 when the AWA was trying to uh, see what uh, kind of luck they would have with expansion in an attempt to compete with the WWF, but that was short-lived. In the summer of 1976, on the night of the closed-circuit match between Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki, 
Bruiser and Crusher defended their AWA tag team title against Lanza and Big Bad Bobby Duncombe in Chicago. Indianapolis that night had several matches live, plus the closed circuit feed of Ali against Inoki, and from New York, the wrestler versus boxer match between Andre the Giant and Chuck Wepner. And in Indianapolis, they also carried the Bruiser and Crusher match against Lanza and Duncombe from Chicago, which to me was the most anticipated match on the entire card. I remember the TV promos in Indianapolis at the time actually billed that match as Bruiser and Crusher against the Blackjacks for the tag team title, apparently feeling that since the fans in Indianapolis would not be familiar with Duncombe, they could better sell the match by calling them the Blackjacks. With Lance's passing, a lot of media stated that the Blackjacks held the tag team title everywhere they, were, they appeared. Some media, including this week's WWE Friday Night Smackdown, when airing the tribute to Lanza, stated that they were the AWA tag team champions, but they did not hold that title. Either they are confusing the AWA with the WWA, or perhaps they're confusing Duncan with Mulligan. I'd always hoped that Lanza would return to the WWA, but by the late 1970s, a preliminary wrestler named Phil Hedden was given a name change to Blackjack Hedden, although he didn't copy the look or style of the Blackjacks. Still, to me, this was a signal that the Blackjacks would not be returning to Indianapolis, although Mulligan did come back for a short run in 81 and uh, ended up holding the WWA heavyweight title for a short period of time when there was going to be an exchange of talent between Indianapolis and, and Mulligan's new promotion in Knoxville. But that relationship didn't last long at all. I don't believe there's much footage of Lanza and single matches available, but there are some matches featuring the Blackjacks and the WWA in Chicago on YouTube and on commercial videos. One of the most memorable matches in Indianapolis involving Lanza was a six-man tag team with the Blackjacks and Bobby Heenan against the team of Bruiser, Crusher, and midget wrestler Little Bruiser. Look for that match if you want to see the WWA at the top of their game with over 10,000 loud and rowdy wrestling fans in attendance. Another memorable match in the WWA involved Lanza, but he had suffered a broken leg and was unable to wrestle. In a 1972 main event, another six-man tag featured Bruiser, Crusher, and Sailor Art Thomas against Baron Von Raschke in the Blackjacks. Lanza was injured a week before this match was held and Lanza could not compete. But rather than having someone work double duty on that card, Bruiser arranged for the great Ray Stevens to make a one-off appearance to replace Lanza, who did appear on crutches at ringside for that match. This was a rare occurrence where a wrestler of equal or greater caliber was brought in as a sub when a change had to be made. During the five or six years that Lanza appeared in the WWA, he was usually in the main event or the semi-main event more often than not. And if there was a WWA Hall of Fame with his two WWA title reigns, once each with the heavyweight title and the tag team title, there's no doubt in my mind that Blackjack Lanza would be one of the first to be inducted, and rightfully so. All right. Thank you to John for coming on and doing that, uh, recording that segment for us, discussing the career of Blackjack Lanza. Uh, thank you for joining us. And like I said, make sure we, we let's pay respects and let's uh, let's you know what let's recognize and acknowledge these guys before they pass away uh, but rest in peace jack lanza uh, thank you for everything you've accomplished thank you for everything you did for wrestling thank you for everything you did for us as fans 
Uh, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure you follow us on social media. You can look me up on Facebook at Dave Dynasty. There's also a, a Facebook page and a Facebook group for the Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast. So look those up. You can look me up on Twitter. I am at the Dave Dynasty, and the show can be found at Rassle Nostalgia. That's R-A-S-S-L-E Nostalgia. So look us up there. And then you can also find me on Instagram at the underscore Dave Dynasty. And there's also one for the show at Rassle Nostalgia as well. Of course, if you are not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, please do that. Look up. Uh, it's YouTube.com slash the Dave Dynasty. Lots of classic wrestling, including Jack Lanza stuff on there. Uh, all episodes of the podcast, lots of other things that you can only find on YouTube. So check that out. Subscribe to us there. And wherever you listen to the show, please make sure you subscribe. And then if appropriate, leave us a rating and review. We've been really, really hot on the Apple podcast charts here lately. And I appreciate that. That is because of you guys tuning in, downloading, listening, sharing, rating, reviewing, all those good things. And, and continue to do that, please. If you would like to give any financial support to the show, you can make one-time contributions by going to paypal.me slash the Dave Dynasty. Anything you can donate will uh, will help. Everything is devoted invested right back into the show uh it helps pay for production costs equipment uh programs all those kind of things so make sure you do that or if you would like to buy a shirt we have lots of cool shirts go to pro slash the dave dynasty buy a shirt again all the money that we make off those shirts uh, goes right back into the show to help keep them free for you every week thank you for joining thank you for listening we'll be back again next week for another episode of Wrestling Nostalgia, I'm Dave Dynasty. Thank you, and wherever you go, whatever you do, be good, be safe, and keep on growing. <laughs>